Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 65th episode of the podcast. And we get joined by another legendary coach. Legend in his own right, which and still has many years to come. Coach Mark Pudge Gorman from James Madison High School in Virginia. This guy is just amazing. I remember listening to him a couple years back at uh, Charlotte in the National High School Baseball Coach Association clinic and uh, stuck with me ever since uh, his, his clinic there and just could sort of follow him from there. And uh, my buddy Jimmy Jackson, uh, I know his daughter, has worked with them at, at James Madison. And, but Coach Corman is just um, an absolute legend, and you'll get to hear just how passionate he is, his commitment to the game, and his commitment to really growing men and, and, and building a community, and he's a program coach knows how to run a program. Uh, he's been coaching for 31 years, 26th season here at Madison. Um, he talked about earlier him getting to coach under legendary coaches. I think that's what a common thing we've heard um, throughout this, talking to great coaches, is, is, is learning from other great coaches and taking your time to learn and see how things are done from a really good coach before you get into a head job. And then you also hear things like other coaches taking the time to learn as they're doing that as well. Uh, more about Coach uh, Pudge, uh, two Virginia State championships. Um, we get into talk about, he talks about in the show, but one of them, he, he had a perfect season. That team gets recognized as one of the best high school teams of all time. Um, when they won, I think that was an 0-2. I said 14 Liberty Conference Championships, one Concord Conference Championships. 2018 was the Conference Coach of the Year for the seventh time. He's been regional coach, home plate club, high school coach of the year, and he's also been the East Coast Coach of the Year for the National Baseball Coach Association, and he's been a finalist for the National Coach of the Year in the High School Baseball Coach Association. Uh, another great thing cool about Coach is that he is the founder of MVP International, they put multiple coaches. If you don't know what it is, you can check it out, MVP International. Multiple sports travel all over the world to, again, using the sport as a catalyst to continue to grow um, and meet people, connect. And so he's just doing a, a tremendous job just trying to spread uh, his message all throughout the world. But he's an incredible clinician speaker. Um, like I said, one of the one of the – Biggest talks I remember seeing uh, in every coaches clinic that I've done since 2005. So he's just a leader of men, um, the mental game master. You hear like just mental, like what he can, what he can get motivational, and you can tell he can he can get into people and get them excited to run through a brick wall. I'm sure his players just want to run through a brick wall for him, and uh, just uh, really really great conversation, and uh, really enjoyed it and. Pudge, I just can't thank you enough, man. This was, it was incredible. And, um, guys, I think you're really going to enjoy it. And uh, so without further ado, let's get it rolling, man. Here he is, Coach Mark Pudge Gorman. My first year ever, I was at Langley High School. Okay. Um, I was pretty young. Um, and I coached there. I was a JV coach. And, uh, and then I moved to Marshall High School, which is across town other side of Vienna on Route 7, and I was at Marshall for eight years, which were eight really important years of my career. 
and I yeah. was underneath some of the best coaches Northern Virginia's ever seen, and not just baseball, but football and basketball. Yeah, I was an offense coordinator for years at Marshall, and then at Madison, and uh, and then I actually was asked to be the head coach uh, in 2012 and 2013. Um, it's kind of an interesting story because Lenny Schultz. Um, I was asked to head the panel to hire the new football coach. Lenny was a Vienna guy, played at Madison, played at NC State. Um, but our principal they just, at AD didn't think that he was they, – they loved him, but they just felt like the X's nose were good to go, but he just needed to understand how to run a program. You know, he didn't have enough – in their mind, didn't have enough experience. So they called me in and said, look, if he's your guy, then we're going to ask you to take the job and, and be, you know, basically be the associate head coach. And, uh, you know, for two years you're going to groom him, and after two years we're going to see if you were right. And uh, – you know what we because they were coming off a one and nine season and uh, the program was a little bit of troubled time and, and that's not in, in Vienna that's not doable so right. we turned it around we went eight two and then the next year we went uh, and went eight and two and went to the playoffs so we ended up uh, eight and three we lost in the playoffs and then uh, my second year we went nine and one in the regular season and lost again but uh, played for the conference championship both years and Lenny took over did a great job and then he died tragically he was hit by a truck on uh 95 uh the day after school got out um yes now justin counts my pitching coach who was on our staff took over and he's the head football coach now he's still my pitching coach but he's been my assistant baseball coach and uh anyway so it's been um you know lenny you know his his memory lives on our football program just lost the state semifinal this year and so uh you know take a look it's the same staff that i hired with lenny and uh, they've just carried on the tradition. So yeah, that's phenomenal. I remember that story. Um, I remember when you spoke at uh, Charlotte years back at BCA. Yeah, and uh, you had mentioned that story. You know, like just needing a guy to come in, help with the program, and kind of build the program. You know, and I just I definitely remember that story. So yeah, I was definitely wanted to hear about you know the football stuff, and I think that's important. You know, just because I think coach good coaching is good coaching for one. Well, we you kind know. of approached. It's weird. I, I part of my approach with my baseball program is, you know, there was a time when you know I would did I, I was did I want to be a head football coach? Did I want to be a head baseball coach? And you know, it, it, back in the 90s, it was at that point where, you know, both of them were intriguing. Um, you know, I definitely chose the right path. And uh, but like I said, I was under guys like Mike Skinner, Dean Sisler in baseball, Mike Skinner in football, Pete Bendorf. I mean, guys that are legends and won state championships in Northern Virginia. And so, I mean, I wouldn't change those eight years. I was a young, cocky, gunslinging offense coordinator. And, you know, I was ready to take on the world. But I, you know, I needed to understand the importance of, the PR part of it and, uh, you know, humility and things like that. And you know what they, uh, I wouldn't change a thing, man. I don't forget where I came from. I can tell you that. Yeah, for sure. I, I think yeah, too I, many, it's funny. I think too many coaches don't do that these days. I think, you know, there's such a need for coaches that honestly, I, I just don't think enough guys put the time in. And, you know, I think that a lot of guys get jobs too early and it gets them in trouble. Sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that, that's fine. Because honestly, we've heard that. I've heard that before. You know, I mean, Trevor, like I said, Trevor Flo from Georgia, he mentioned it last night, you know, because he, cause he coached under Trent Mongero for years. Yeah. And he said he wouldn't change all that. Like, and he, he wanted it. And he wanted to soak up like a guy that run, knew how to run a program was detail, no tone, no stone left unturned, you know, like, and then you just learn how to run a program instead of just running into something, you know, right away and, you know, having to go through those really tough times. And you just don't really, 
you don't really get a chance to learn, you know. And then, you know, it's funny with Dean Sisler, especially because he had to help the baseball and the fields named after him. And, he, you know, and he coached Pete Shurik. I mean, he, he had some great teams. And the thing about Dean was, you know, he was also he, at one point he was our football and baseball coach. I was an assistant or both. And, you know, it's we laugh because, uh, you know, X and O wise, he might not have been the greatest in X's and O's. And, I mean, he was good, but his thing was, and this is what I got from him. He was so good in, uh, on the mental side of the game. And he just, every time we took the field, we, you know what, we never thought we were going to lose. And mental toughness was his thing. He was a hockey player, played hockey into his 60s. Mm. Um, that, you know, Thursdays, we got out of practice at 430 because he had to be at Mount Vernon Ice Rink uh, to play hockey. It was in a lot of our NHL guys. And so he had a toughness about him. Loved, you know, he wasn't one to walk away from a fight. And uh, he probably wouldn't have made it today. But uh, anyway, um, you know what? I guess you would call it old school. But, man, I was so blessed. And, you know, we, we stay in touch. I, he was just – he came to a Madison game two weeks ago. Him and his wife came in town. They live in Bethany Beach. So, you know, he's a he's a big part of uh, what we're doing today. Ah, oh, phenomenal. Man, I just uh, – this is uh, – exactly, man. This is awesome. I just – and it, it's funny you say that because I think, you know, when we go to talk about it, because it, it, it seems for you, like – People said, "Hey, we need to. You need you to come show how to run this program because it just shows that I, I think so much of also coaching is just the people part of it. Like you said, it's PR, but it's also like it's people being able to communicate, being able to like move young men, and being able to kind of move this whole organization. Yeah, you know. And I think you know what what kind of things do you help have like drive Madison? Like what? Like just I guess from a culture standpoint." What are the things that drive us? You know what? Yeah. Here's a great thing. You know what? I took over the program from Donnie Roth, who was – I'm only the eighth coach in school history, you know, mm-hmm. since 1959. To me, that's pretty amazing. Donnie Roth was there for, what, 20 years before I was. Before him, Tom Christie. And, you know, Coach Christie won a couple state titles. And, you know, but Coach Roth just passed away in December. We literally uh, had, a, had a, a ceremony for him two weeks ago on that Saturday against Oakton. Uh, his had his I'm sorry against Centerville had his family and uh, his wife and kids and I mean I bet there was 40 people and uh, all the alumni came back a lot of them that played for him and and the teachers it was just a great day and coaching in Vienna man it's it's like I grew up in Vienna like I'm living the dream I just told my kids this today in our pre-practice meeting pre-scrimmage meeting and I just um you know we packed the house. Games are an event. It's not a baseball game. You go to high school games, it's usually parents. You get a hundred people there. You know, I, I looked around the other night, man, I've got alumni. Uh, I mean, kids that have played for me over the past 25 years. And I look up and down there. It's, it's a, there's probably a thousand people there. I mean, it's like, and it, you know, families come out, the little kids come, we sign autographs. You know, it's one of the things that I'm, I'm just so proud of because coach Roth, like I said, he did a great job before me and you know, when I took over, you know, I wasn't his choice. And he told me that. He said, look, you know, he wanted his assistant to get it. We knew each other well. He was very, he's such a wonderful man. And I just said, coach, I'm going to make you proud. I promise I'm going to do you right. And, uh, you know, never ordered his jersey. Nobody's ever worn 17. Matter of fact, this year, I put 17 on the back of our hat. And uh, like I said, when his family came in, uh, I ordered some hats for them. And I just wanted them to understand the respect and, and just how much I just learned from Donnie. And I think it, that's what Madison's about. I mean, we just have something special. It's a town. 
there's no other town in Northern Virginia. I think Herndon might be a town, but Vienna, nobody supports athletics like the town of Vienna. I mean, and, you know, the water tower, we, you know, in 2000, I, it was important to me. Um, you know, we'd gone down and played down south a couple you know, spring breaks, and I always was amazed. Like, man, it's cool. Wando has, like, in South Carolina, Wando Wars. I was like, we had a water tower in right field. So I went back and just the little things, you know, I, I just, I had a dream when I took the program. I told him on the interview what I wanted to do. I wanted to build it into a national program. And it's funny because my the guy who ended up being my principal and the tremendous principal that we're good friends now, he was the basketball coach. He was on the panel. I said, well, how are you going to do that? We only have 1,800 kids in school. You know, it's going to be hard to even win a state championship, much less a national championship. And I said, hire me and I'll show you. So one of the first <laughs> things I did was I got that water tower painted and cost us $3,000. And at the time, my athletic director at the time said, no, nah, I don't have money in the budget for that. I said, okay, well, baseball pay for it. And then our director of guidance said, but I'll split it with you. I think it's important. She was a Vienna person too. So if you come from Vienna, you get it. So right now it's says home of the Warhawks right there. And it's just a big part of it. I mean, it's those things. It's the little things that make Madison special. And it's the people, like I told the kids back in September, you know, with COVID, I said, we were on the track. We weren't allowed to go in the building. And I said, I remember the first day I said, fellas, one thing I've learned is that that's just a building. That's not Madison high school. It's not Madison high school. unless you guys are in there. The students are in there. You're the ones that make Madison high school. And again, most special high school in the country. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So, so, and, but you were from Vienna, but you didn't go to Marshall. You, you, no, you you know, I, I, I'm what they call the trifecta. There's, <laughs> there's Oakton, which is on one side of Vienna. It's just right outside of Vienna. Literally, my house was closer to Madison. But back in the day, um, I went to Oakton, but I was probably three blocks from Madison. And it's just the way it got divided. And Marshall was on Route 7, which is the far other side. It's really Falls Church, but... You know, we get kids from some, some Vienna kids on the far end of town go to Marshall or they used to. And so they grew up playing Little League together. And, you know, Madison's probably 85% Vienna, probably 5% Marshall and 10% and 5% Oakton now, you know. Okay. But so I went to Oakton. My little brother, when I was a senior, he, they changed the boundaries. We, I would drop him in Madison. I'd have to go to Oakton. You know? Oh, wow. It was fine. I liked Oakton, but it was like, it was huge. We had 750 kids in our senior class for I still hung out. My best friends were kids I grew up with and played youth sports with in Vienna. So, you know, but I've always kind of been a Warhawk at heart. You know, like I told the players, I tell them all the time, I breathe red, bleed black, you know, so. <laughs> oh, man, this is great. Oh, great oh, stuff, man. Um, so, Coach, like, well, you know, you're, you're right now, you're – just had your red and black scrimmage. Like, so like, think about like, what, what were those steps that you kind of took, you know, like you said, like you show us like, what was the other little things that you kind of like almost little milestones that you just kept on checking boxes off to kind of grow your program to where it is now. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, when I took over for coach Roth at the time in the nineties, he had done such a great job, but the last two years, you know, kids were leaving to go to lacrosse and, you know, I knew that, you know, it was just time. He just said, you know, it was just time. And he was coaching golf at the time. He kind of fell in love with that. And he was having great success there. So, you know, Madison baseball was one in 19 and two in 18, the two years before I got there. And, um, you know, we would come over from Marshall. I'd be like, man, this, you know, this is the same kids. It's just, you just believe that we're good. And 
they had lost some kids. They weren't maybe buying. The kids weren't buying in as much for Coach. And so, you know, it was the right time for him to change. And when it came open, I kind of was in a situation where Dean was getting close and he wanted me to take over for him. But I just told him it was hard to ever get as a coach. I've always wanted to be the head coach at Madison High School. And was one shot at this. And I remember 35 people put in for it and some big names. And I just said, I'm going for it. And uh, interviewed great. I was a Vienna guy and Charlie Ossel in the AD at the time told me the story a couple weeks ago when he was there for Donnie Ross. And he tells me all the time, because every time I've seen him over the years, I always thank him because would you quit thanking me? <laughs> I, just, I, I never forget where I came from, like I said. And, you know, part of it was early on, I had to teach him how to win. I had to get the lacrosse kids back into baseball that had left. So I coached football, first day of football. I went and got the two best athletes in the building that had left. One of them had left baseball, Zach Sprzynski. I remember telling him, hey, Zach, he's like, hey, Coach Pudge, welcome to Madison. I said, hey, man, um, you know what? Uh, I'm your position coach now. You're going to be also going to be a center field leadoff hitter against Tom Quit Lacrosse South County. He's like, oh, Coach, I don't know. And I said, Zach, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. <laughs> how, many, how many touches do you want in football? You know, so I'm going to I'm going to be one dictating how, much, how many times you get to football. And then Tony Ellis, I knew if I got his best friend, Tony, who was another great athlete, I just need to get the athletes back in the program. So we literally, yeah. I'll never forget this. First game, I, I've always coached baseball like football. We treat it like, you know, I love the, the mindset of you play once a week, you prepare for that game to win that game. And so I always thought, why can't you do that in baseball? You know, that's what I love about Dean. So first game, I'll be quick, but we're playing Central High School. Uh, Coach Rad Smith, they were really, uh, they were supposed to be, I think they're preseason number one or two. And at that time, Ron Tugwell's at West Springfield. He was the king. He was the legend. As soon as I got the job, I called Tug and I said, Tug, I, I need you to play me. I know you're, you're the best. Why would you play Madison? We've been awful. Coach, I've worked camps for you. I've, I've, I used to beg him, let me come just work for free. I, I want to be around Ron Tugwell. Mm -hmm. And so he said, yeah, Pudge, will play. I said, but I need to be the second game. That's why I said, game. I said, just trust me. I need you to play. He goes, okay, come on, play second game. So we play Centerville, Rad Smith, they're, they're number one preseason. They're loaded. And uh, I went up to him before the game was at Madison. And I said, um, it's the only lineup sheet I've got on my wall to this day. And I said, uh, we've been practicing hard, real hard, because I knew how important that first game was to get off on the right foot. And I, I went up to him and I said, Coach, hey, take it easy. It's my first game. I said, we're young. We were 1-19 last year. And, I, you know, we're not even close. He goes, Coach, don't worry. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to run that one. And I said, okay. And so I said, Coach, I appreciate that. And so I went back to my kids. And, I, you know, Zach, who's one hell of an athlete, I looked at him and I said, hey, man, you're not going to believe what the coach just told me. And this is, you know, I was young. I wouldn't do this today. But I go, he just said they won't, you know, he's going to take it easy. He won't, he's going to take it easy. I'll say they won't slaughter. You know, I said, hey, that, that's garbage. He came out. We put up 13 runs in the first two innings. We won 18 to three. And uh, the rest is history, man. And, you know, but now, okay, why did I have West Springfield the second game? Because I knew we were going to go, you know, my kids were pumped. We, we, you know, we thought, man, we've arrived. We go over to West Springfield for game two. We got outplayed. I got outcoached. The legend, I mean, I just, oh, we lost. It was seven to four, but it didn't seem like a seven to four game. Yeah. And I remember we need learning how to lose was important. It's important learning how to win. And on the bus ride back, the kids were joking around because they were used to losing. And I went off. We got back and I set the tone. I said, losing is not acceptable. We're not going to, you know, 
smoke and joke and laugh about it. Uh, you know, I, it was pretty intense. And, uh, you know, that first two years, you got to make decisions and you got to set the tone to your program because that's all I'd known was that's the best advice I got from guys that I respected was, you know, if you'll, you'll never be able to pull the reins back on them. So pull them tight early and then loosen them as you go. And that's the best advice I give to coaches today. So over the years, you know, when I took the football job, for instance, the first thing I did, uh, my principal looked at me and said, look, we're losing football kids to, uh, to other schools. But everybody wants to wear that M in this town, wants to wear that Madison M on their hat. They want to play baseball here. I want you to create the same thing in football. We got to change the culture and the attitude. So the first thing I did was I went down. The first thing I took Lenny, I said, Lenny, follow me. We went down to the band room and I said, Michael, the band director, I said, hey, I want you, uh, what would it take for you to play the fight song on, on home when we play at home on Fridays to get the band here a half hour before school and play fight songs, including our fight song when the kids come up because we, we need to get that buzz back in football. And he said, well, how about this? You talk to my kids and if you do it, if they say they're in, we'll do it. So I went in, met with the band. I said, you're the most important part of this, of our success, what we're going to have. I said, I need you guys. I'll buy donuts for you and orange juice. I can't, I don't have much, but I'll, I'll get 30 dozen donuts for you guys. And sure enough, they did it. And my principal said, called me in after the first game. He said, I've never seen this. He goes, unbelievable. I got eight emails from band parents saying, this is unbelievable. The football coach, we didn't even know the football knew who we were. Yeah. And the football coach came in and, and told us he needed us for a part. We feel like, you know, and we brought, it's just bringing the community together. We do it through community service. We do it so many ways that, it's there's just so many cool things, and the community will give back. And that, anyway, I'm just really proud of what we've built over years, and it's built to last, and it's going to be there long after I'm gone. So, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. So, what are some of those things you'd like to do community service wise? Is that something that you've done just the football, or just now you're doing the whole baseball program? No, there? no, actually, I do it in baseball. We, we started in football, they do it a little bit of stuff, but in baseball, since the, the day I took the job, um, We've unloaded Christmas trees every November, like Thanksgiving weekend into December for the Optimist and the Lions Club. They do such great work in our community and you know, they raise money to, to help people. And so they came to me and said, you know, would you be interested? You know, I don't even know how the conversation came about, but I think it was one of my assistant coaches said, would we be interested in helping out? I said, absolutely. And so we literally unload, you know, it used to be even more, but uh you know, with thousand trees and one 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 unload, you know, uh, and we do it two or three times for each group, you know. So there's weekends where we would go and do it on, on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, then the Friday after Thanksgiving, and then the Saturday and the Sunday. And so the kids give up their time. And but I got to tell you, it's one heck of a team builder for us. Like mm-hmm. it's become a tradition. And, and the seniors, literally, they get on top of the truck. They're the ones that hand the trees down. I let them run it. I'm there. But they have to organize it. It's team building. It starts then. I mean, we, we start working out in September. So baseball, you know, if you're not playing football or playing basketball or winter fall sport, you're in the weight room with us. You're conditioned. You know, we, we don't show up day one. We, 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 you know, we get after it year round. And so the community service part, it's, it, it's become so big. And this year, this is really cool. Uh, we just Friday night gave away Jim Houston was the head of the Alpha club. He passed away. His son-in-law was on my first, my first three, uh, two years played for me. He's like all region third baseman, Steve Strackpot. Jim would come to watch us play spring break. He's been our biggest fan. He would run the Christmas tree stand. Well, he passed away two years ago and 
I was going to start last year, but with COVID, we couldn't do it. But anyway, we just gave away a thousand dollar scholarship in his name to Tyler Choberline, who's going to uh, one of my players. Every year, a Madison baseball player is going to get a scholarship, a thousand dollars. And like basically, I, we nominated three. I an outside party picked the winner, uh, and they had to write an essay about how Madison baseball has prepared them for life moving okay. forward, and how community service has impacted what they do within our community. And I think that says volumes about our kids. They are, you know, we we do two things. We talk about address them every Friday during the off season. We talk about being the total package and do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. You know, they, they'll stay behind the cafeteria. They'll pick up trash. Now, even if they didn't leave it there, you know, and it's something we strive to. We, we want to be the best, uh, you know, the best we can be in everything. Mm-hmm. Excellence. You know, 100%. Sorry about that. That's my dog barking. We'll get back there. Oh, I actually didn't hear it. Yeah, you're lucky you didn't hear my dog. I got a 10 month bass at home. There you go. Uh, yeah, man. Um, shoot. So, getting into that, you said, like, you man, you hit the ground running day one. You know, like, I remember, like I said, in Charlotte, like I said, you're, you're, uh, shoot, just your, uh, you talk about your phases. Are you still, are you still talk, do you still use your phases? You still, yeah, you still, you remember all that? Wow. I do, awesome. man. I do. That's man. impressive. Like, it hit I've, me well. I've had the opportunity to speak at the national conference and I, I really enjoy getting around and speaking to the state conferences and I've done the Massachusetts one a couple of times and I love sharing. I, you know, I got to tell you this, we do do the phases, and uh, this year has been different though, because typically we have five phases in the season and we kind of break it down. This year, with only 12 regular season games, we've already finished our regular season, but I've never had a coach after graduation. Normally, like, we, we finish up and graduation is like the day after this. You know, we in years we won state titles and things. So this year, you know, today I addressed them as freshmen. I said, seniors, one day you become freshmen again, but you're college freshmen, you know. Yeah. And uh, they were a little tired today. You know, graduation's a big day. We gave them a day off. But, you know, I got to tell you, we do the phases. So right now, it's a little different this year because – we won the regular season, which is, you know, we were the one seed. That's important to us. It may not be important to people that don't give you a trophy, but, you know, what we always talk about wanting to be you know, number one. And, you know, now conference tournament, we have semifinal on Saturday, final. If we win Saturday, we would play Monday. And that's phase two this year. Phase three, everybody's in the regional um, uh, this year for the first time. They're putting everybody. So there's 13 teams in our region. We, they split the region a couple of years ago. And then, uh, you know, if you win the region yet to get the phase four, you have to win the region. So, you know, anyway, so there's a chance to win four phases where usually there's a, a spring break phase in there. And this year there wasn't. So we'll be back to that next year. So anyway, we're in that. Um, and it's interesting. I think you'd find this interesting. I, you know, I've shared that in, you know, you were in Charlotte and heard it years ago. I talked about it, um, program building. Um, and I just got a text two weeks ago from Derek Bunch. He's a coach at Rogers, Arkansas, Rogers High School. And Derek, uh, you know, back in when I was speaking, uh, he was in the Q&A room. He, he stayed after said, Coach, man, we, you know, I, I just, I'm so proud of these guys. He said, Coach, you know, we just can't get it done, man. I, I'm afraid we're going to get fired as a staff because we got this new high school. And he kept sharing with me why they couldn't get it done. I said, well, stay after, we'll talk. So anyway, we became tight, became close, you know, and, and some of my, you know, our, the great part about high school baseball at the national conference, you know, all my boys in Florida, Todd Fitzgerald and Ray Evans. And I mean, some of the best programs in the country, uh, Ron Eastman from the Woodlands, Texas, they were all there that day. We invited Derek to go to dinner. And anyway, we got a text two weeks ago. They won a state championship. 
And he just, I woke up in the morning, I looked at my phone, I kind of saw on Facebook they were doing well. And we've stayed in contact over the years. And, uh, you know, they've been knocking on the door and they finally got it. And, uh, and I got to tell you, I'm so proud of those guys down there. And uh, we might try to get down there to play them on spring break because they've built Rogers into a pretty a power in Arkansas. And, you know, he was very kind. I, you know, we didn't really do anything, but we just maybe helped him believe and learn how to practice a little bit better. But anyway, so, you know, the phases work, you know, and yeah. when you share this stuff, uh, pretty special. Yeah, man. Just keep on just, just giving back too. But like I said, that's I think it's also all part of it. Like it, it just it just hits well with me. And I, I think my teammate is a is a good as a football coach. And football coaches have a great job, a great way of like segmenting stuff, like chunking it. You know, like the quarters yeah. with quarters and just how much like they organize things. And and like baseball with us, like it's seven inning game. Like I don't know. Like I, there's definitely ways that you know. Like that's how I kind of saw with your phases. It's just how I was able to segment and chunk and, and it just kind of gave me better focus, you know, when you, cause you think awesome. of a whole program, especially as a younger coach, there's just a lot of other things. But when I can say, here's a phase, do this here. And, and, and then it encompasses everything. Well, you know what? Let me, I, I got to share something with you. It's interesting because, um, you know, 2002, that was a pretty special year for us. And, uh, you know, that was our undefeated season. It's the only team in Virginia ever going undefeated. We were 29 and 0. Um, we were recognized just a few weeks ago, about a month ago, by Baseball America as one of the top 50 greatest high school teams of all time. Mm. To represent, we were representative of Virginia. And, uh, you know, that was a really, really special group. That was our, you know, our first, that was when we got on the national stage for the first time. And, you know, we're hunting that national title and down the stretch. And I just remember the pressure of that it was unbelievable because nobody had ever done it. Everybody's right. But the only reason it really occurred is the year before we got upset in the regional playoffs. We thought we were, we thought we'd arrived and we got upset by a team that, you know, nobody expected us to lose to. And man, I just remember I had to check myself and we were at a crossroad and uh, I love those kids, but you know, we just didn't get it done. And I just really started learning the light right there, how we got to break this down. And so every game, everybody, I always get asked, how did you go undefeated? Like that just doesn't happen. And, you know, it wasn't a perfect, we were, we just ended up with a perfect season. Mm-hmm. We were far from it. And it's funny because I've been sharing it with my guys this year because right away people, this is a, we've got a pretty talented group. I mean, and from the beginning, everybody started comparing them to the O2 team. And I'm like, here we go. And this has happened a number of times over the years. And I just kept telling the kids like, look, man, this is what the story is about. You know, you guys have no idea. We're not going to go on to see it. Only one team's ever done it. And then they kind of look at each other like, oh, all right, coach, all right. You know, and, you know, and they, you know, but it's so hard these days with social media. In 2002, we didn't have social media. Right. I'm telling you. And now, to, you know, I, we were saying ear muscle blinders. I was like, you know what, guys, you can't listen to the noise. Like, don't hear the noise. And we were literally, I, I tell everybody, we, you know, people want to know, how did you do it? Well, without social media, it was a lot easier. I remember coaches tell me, you need to lose a game back there. I said, lose a game? Why? I mean, if we get beat, we get beat. Yeah. You know, what people didn't know is that team, they were they had a chip on their shoulder this big, and that chip is more important than talent. And it was from that loss the year before from, against WNL. And they put – I always make them post, post their goals at the beginning of the season in the locker room. And I came in the locker room right before the season that year, and I said, win every game win every game and I was like I was I was 
I was like, they didn't put any effort in this. I don't know. So I'm ripping like a coach. We'll win every game. I said, really? Oh, okay. And I said, we'll do that. We're going to have to go one day at a time. So every game took a life of its own. And that's when I learned faces. I learned how to break it down. And so I even asked them one time, we had a close game. I said, maybe we need to lose. People are telling me we need to lose. And they're like, that's good. You know, and I said, so it just motivated. So it's funny because, you know, my big thing is every year, every team has its own story. And I want to, you know, I remember Coach K telling me years ago, you know, I had a chance to meet him. And I think that I asked him the best piece of advice he could give me. And it was don't let it, like, one team can't become, they weren't your team. You know, the 2 team has nothing to do with this team, even though the tradition's there. You know, I want to, I always tell this, I want to win it with this team. I've been there, but I haven't been there with you. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and that was the thing I got from him and Augie Garrido. I got to know Augie really well. And I had Andy McGuire went and played for Augie. And, but I met Augie back in 92 and, and he, he was a card, you know, God rest his soul. But, uh, you know, I remember him calling me one day talking about, I was on the way to a game. He's like, Pudge, we're going to rock Texas A&M tonight. We're going to rock. We have spirit. And I was at your yard and you got spirit. I love Madison. There's a spirit. And I was like, coach, you just gave me, I mean, I could goosebumps. I'm like, you just gave me my pregame speech today. We're getting ready to play in the conference semifinal, you know? But <laughs> we really did. You learn as in football, you break it down one game at a time. So always take it back to that. And I think it's important, man. I think it's, you know, and so this, that's what this team, you know, the other team celebrated, you know, we may play them again. It was just last week. We took our first L and, we're 11 and one and the kids weren't happy. It's how you respond. And, you know, they're, you know, they, it really didn't hurt us. I saw we're, we're still 11 in the country, but you know, that stuff's all superficial, but I tell them, you know, when you win championships, that's what the term is. It's not other people's opinions. You know, although the rankings are nice, they don't really mean much because, you know, everybody's waiting for us to fall on our face. They, you know, and uh, again, without a chip, it ain't going to happen. But I like the way we practice. We played really well Monday and, uh, like I said, we're getting ready to go into playoffs. So if we were going to take a loss, it wasn't a bad time to take one. And, you know, I think uh, we made that team pretty happy that night. So I'm sure made their year. So, so could, could you, could you give, could you give me a refresher? Can we go over your phases? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just kind of touch base. With that. I get that. I think you just. Well, phase good- one, phase one is in a normal season. Phase one is the preseason. Okay. And the preseason includes what we do in our offseason, okay, our weight rooms, our Friday talks, our life lessons. Um, you know, I use a different word each week. I'll bring guest speakers in. You know, we talk about humility quite a bit. Um, you know, we'll, you know, the word relentless is big. I, you know, there's certain key words for me. You know, I use a term I stole from Lou Holtz, you know, uh, win. And win to me means what's important now and staying locked in. And so that phase one carries into all those regular seasons, the beginning of the season games that aren't in conference. Okay. So that's phase one. Phase two then becomes usually you go to spring break. And so phase two is spring break. What are we going to do over spring break? We'll play a five game tournament and we get to compete for something. We get, you know, we, we usually travel either to South Carolina, Florida, we've gone to California. We want to play against the best competition. Okay, win, lose, or draw because it makes it better. And so uh, the last time we were spring break was 2019. We won the hand-to-hand invitational tournament, which is a big deal. Um, so that's a phase two. Phase three gets us into conference play. Sometimes if we start conference play before spring break, phase two will have a break 
and you go to spring break and you come back and pick up phase two. So I always make sure they understand what the phase are. Okay. okay. So phase, again, let's say phase three is a regular season. We want to be number one. And we don't count losses. We only count the wins. Our goal is let's win as many as we can. If we lose, we're going to get back up. We get knocked down. We're going to get back up. And we're going to fight again. You know, you know, in Madison, you know, like I said, we've always got a target on our back because of what's been built over the years. And, you know, fair or unfair, it's, it is who we are. And, you know, it's funny. People talk about rivalries where everybody's robbed. I can't even tell you we got a rival because every time we play somebody, we're getting they're gonna our kids know it. We're gonna get their best ever. So if we don't show up, you know what? We're gonna get beat. You know, it's that simple. So it's hard. It's really hard. You know, then you continue on. So the regular season, if you win that one seed, you know, usually you get a buy. That's your trophy. You get a buy or you get a little bit easier bracket. Then you go to phase four, which is conference tournament. And, you know, this year that's a two-game tournament. We want to win, be the best we can be from game one and game two. Um, you know, normally then you go to phase five, which is, you know, your regional tournament, okay? And then re phase six would be, you know, in a regular season, phase six would be uh, the state tournament. And, you know, what it's funny because, you know, we talk about, you know, winning the last game, how important that is. Because most years, again, it doesn't matter how good your program is, you're not going to win. You know, you don't see many people win 10, 8, 10 state championships. And, you know, so when you do win your last game, yeah, I always believe you have to overachieve no matter how good you are. You think you are. You know, a lot of good things have to happen. Um, I'm Years ago, I met Gary Ward, um, coach at Oklahoma State. Met him at the Gaithersburg Conference. Got to have lunch with him. And he shared with me. He told me, I asked him for his best advice. I was a young coach. And Nobody knew about this clinic. I would drive to Gaithersburg, Maryland, and, and the Maryland State Association would put it on. And I didn't want anybody in Virginia to know. <laughs> like I got, here I got Gary Ward and myself, competing with the, you know, Robin Mitchell, one of the greatest hitting guys in the country. And he said, Coach, the best advice I'll give you is we went to 10, we went to 10 straight College World Series. We never won one. You know, and some of the teams that you think, don't, don't evaluate yourself until your career's over because – some of your teams that you thought were the most talented won't win anything. And then you're going to have some of your best teams ever going to be teams that you didn't think could do it. And uh, I thought that was great advice. And I give that advice to a lot of people now. And he was right. You know, you, you can't help at this point, but to look back a little bit, I want to do this for a lot longer, you know, 54, I just turned 54, but I feel like I got a lot in the tank and a lot in front of me. But when you look back on it, you know, we are my 07 team. I love those guys, you know, and then, you know, you look back to 2012, nicest kids I've ever coached. And that's probably the only team that I wish I could get back because we didn't achieve what I wanted and what they deserve to achieve. And that's on me. So I, I think I was too nice. I liked them so much that I couldn't ride them. Yeah. And you know what? So, you know, I learned, I learned something from every team I coached. So again, this year, you know, I'm, it's hard, man. COVID, coming off COVID, everybody's in the same boat, but this group is, uh, I like them a lot. And, but man, I got to tell you, it's the distractions, you know, we get prom, we had graduation yesterday and but their life, they're good things they are good problems to have, but it's just so hard right now, keeping kids locked in. I think everybody's fighting it a little bit, but I think we're starting to play our best baseball at the right time. Yeah. I mean, I know like a big thing about Maryland, you know, one, one of the big things is like Maryland, uh, you can opt out of the tournament because kids are leaving for the beach and they've already had these plans because yeah, their, their stuff is going into June too. Yeah. And I think, you know what, I think here's another thing too. I think that a lot of coaches, um, a lot of coaches 
key to the whole thing at any level is, and they don't understand is, you know, I've got, we've got, you know, everybody's got three or four hitters in their lineup. You know, this year we've got, you know, I always tell my nine hitter, Jaden Chris is a heck of a player right now. He's our nine hitter. I said, Jaden, you're not a nine hitter. You're one of nine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what people need to realize when you get in a coach and a lot of young coaches want to coach that the best kids, one, the two, the three, they're not the guys that need coaches. Those are the guys that are helping coach the other kids. And I think that's what's special about our program is our young kids get treated like gold. You know, you hear about the schools where they haze, and I don't get that. Like, you know what? I don't want any freshman to come in our door in the waiting room in a year and feel uncomfortable. I want them to be excited to be there. And our, our older kids, our veterans, our, our seniors do such a great job over the years of, of, of looking out for the younger guys. And that's something I'm really proud of. And, you know, so if our seventh, eighth, ninth hitters are better than other teams, fourth, fifth, and sixth hitters, we're always going to be good. Oh, yeah. And we're always going to have a chance. And I think, you know, I told my guys this, we said this talk today, you know, our, our fit, you know, 16th, 17th, 18th, our 22nd, 23rd, 24th player, they've got to be better. You know, a lot of them could start at other high schools because they work their tails off. And, you know, they have to be, you know, they have to make sacrifices. They have to be unselfish. And that's the question I get all the time is how do you keep them all happy? So, you know, I think they just genuinely want to win for each other. You know, and, you know, tonight we intertwine. You know, on days we don't play, we try to intertwine because that's their time to shine. And, man, just to see kids step up tonight, I mean, our kids have gotten better. And those will be the guys that take the place of these seniors next year. Mm -hmm. And that's how you build something that it's, you know, we're going to be right back in the mix next year. Now, is it like those inner squads? That's how you're kind of building in some like guys. Let's say they need just need pitching work, haven't got their innings. That's where you're able to kind of show those guys their live stuff. Hundred percent. You know, like tonight, you know, our, our our top three guys went. We threw three guys. Our top three Monday. You know, we split them up because we didn't want to. You know, we got playoffs coming up and we'd already right. clinched. So, you know, James Triantos and uh, you know James is projected to be a first second round pick, and rightfully so. He's the he's the most easily easily the uh, most complete player I've seen come out of, out, of, out of Northern Virginia. Best high school player I've ever seen. And, wow. uh, you know, and that's live. And that's 35 years I can say that. And so I feel like, you know what, we've got, uh, you know, when you when you see a kid like that every day, and like, you know, we've had some really good ones. So, you know, this kid scored 31 runs in 12 games. Like, it's crazy. Like, mm. you know, and, he, you know, he, last week going into our 10th game, he was hitting 852. Who does that? Mm. And so, you know, it's funny. So every day it kind of makes us better because my uh, younger guys and James does such a great job, him and Colin Tuff, Colin's committed to UVA. And, you know, they do such a great job of Bryce, our sophomores committed to Alabama. They're helping him grow as a person. And it's just cool to see them all give back to each other. And, you know, but like I said, it's not going to be because of those guys. It's going to be because of those that's, you know, that, that, Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. The bench guys, the guys that we call them, the glue guys in our program. The guys that do the things that you never get credit for. But you know, if you win it all and you get a ring, there everybody's rings values the same. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody's rings worth anybody more than anybody else's. And that's the fun part of the ring chase. You know, the blue guys, the glue guys, man. Oh, glue guys, there glue, you the glue guys. They're the ones that keep together. That bullpen catcher. That you know what, man. He, he sacrifices all and he doesn't get a whole lot of glory. But if you look at it, the Navy SEALs, man, you know what? Everybody in the unit's got 
if every guy doesn't do his job and hold his weight, they, they don't succeed. You know, people lose their lives. And, you know, we're just talking about high school baseball, but, you know, everybody, the Navy SEALs talk about the glue guy all the time. Matter of fact, uh, you know, one of my former players, his dad just wrote a book, uh, Mark Polymeropoulos. And, uh, you know, um, it's uh, Clarity in Crisis, it's called. And he talks about leadership. And actually one of the chapters in there is about massive baseball. And, you know, he I brought him in to talk to us. And we have a, a former Navy SEAL coming in to, to talk to the boys on Friday before we start the playoffs. And, uh, mm. you know, those are the things that are important. I mean, and, uh, you know, I've had guys go to West Point and Air Force Academy and, those, I'm as proud of those guys as I am the guys who go on to play college baseball, you know? So, again, the leadership is a big deal. And, uh, like I said, the glue guys are what keep us together. Those are the guys that, uh, if you get over the top, man, you get to the top of the mountain, look back, those are the guys you remember. Everybody's got those – everybody's got their best players. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know about guys like James and those guys. They're special. You only get those guys once, you know, once or twice in a lifetime. But pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Would you say that you uh, – would all of your pretty special teams had a glue guy? Oh, hundred percent. You know, I can, you know, I can go back though too. I was thinking about Kid Tyler Garner. We called him the preacher. Everybody's got a nickname. Everybody's got a role. And, you know, my guys would go to center field back into that O2 team. And his job was real simple. He was a utility infielder, didn't play a ton, but for the game, he held court and he preached and he made sure we were ready 29 times to go out and, and execute the plan. And, uh, you know, so whether, you, you know, you have a preacher, whether you have a glue guy and, you know, um, I mean, everybody's, there's just different roles that everybody's got to play. You know, I, we talk about the globe trotters. Hey, this is one for you. Oh my guys, you know, about a month ago, you know, it's like the globe trotters, the generals, every kid's seen the globe trotters. Did you ever see the globe trotters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you? Okay. Well, the globe trotters, you know, the, you know, not everybody be a globe trotter. It's gotta be generals without the globe, without the generals, there are no globe trotters, right? Right. Generals only, they beat them once. <laughs> right, everybody knows that. Okay, they beat them once, and they, you know it. But if if they all do their job and they all go out there, and you know what, everybody they it's a success. The crowd leaves happy. They all get paid, and you know. But the the generals are every bit as important as glue powders. It's just middle arc lemon curly Neal and those guys. You know, you know they got to leave before a general can get, become a glue powder. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a it, it's kind of a, an analogy that we're using this year and. I've shared with some other coaches and I think that it just talks about the value of, you know, everybody's, everybody's got value. Everybody's important to the unit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny. A fun story. A guy from my high school actually played for the generals. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so did, did you was, really? Yeah. Actually well, we went to school with my brother, but he went to my high school. My, my brother played basketball together. Yeah. It's awesome. That's funny. But, you know, Washington Lee, that team we lost to in 2001 that upset us, Doug Grove, heck of a baseball coach. And this day I thank him every time I see him because he, his team put us over the hump, and uh, they were the generals. Yeah, pretty funny, Washington generals. So. <laughs> um, I just I, I'd love to dive into too is um is your Friday meetings. So like, and you so you'll take that all throughout your season too, and you'll you'll just continue with that. It's down. Do you do it before practice? Do you do it before school? Like, how are you fitting that in? Yeah, you know what? No, we don't do it before school. What I do is um, I really don't take too much on game day. I used to, and but I found that as I grew up, grew older, you know, it's that's the difference between football and baseball. I didn't want to get them. I like to be. We, I told my guys, I want them right here. Yeah. Right. And baseball, the worst thing we can do is try harder. So I don't want to live up and down on emotion. 
I want us to learn what this is and bring it here every day. You can tell, you know, the days that we come out here, we can get caught. You know, we need to be here. I don't need this. We need to be consistent. And, you know, we got to, you know, you got to breathe. And you gotta, and baseball's a little different. We, you know, we, we, we say pride plays defense, offense is execution. Base running is special teams. Again, there's that football analogy, right? Yeah. You know, and, but in the offseason, I, I like to talk to him. I, I found that, you know, I, I used to, when I was younger, I used to talk to him for every weight session. And I realized, okay, they don't, they don't hear the message because I'm talking too much. And, you know, I remember, you know, their seniors, they've heard it all for four years. So they know the importance. And, you know, I'm a big eye contact guy. They got locked in and, uh, you know, we, we do a thing called two claps. And when we clap it up for somebody, you know, we'll see two claps for so-and-so or two claps for this, but, on Fridays, like I said, whether it's me speaking or whether I bring it, you know, might bring the custodian in and talk about being the best custodian you can be, or, you know, just different people in life. And, uh, but we talk about what's important. We talk about making a difference. Um, you know, and I think when we get to the season, go time. And then on, like I said, if I, you know, usually the day before the game, I'll give them, we'll, we'll talk about who we're playing. We don't really talk too much about the other team. We talk about playing against the game of baseball. And if we do things well against the game and execute within the game, you know, we pound the strike zone. We try to simplify. That's the biggest thing I've learned over the years is, you know, when when it, things get going too much, and there's too many things in your head. It takes away from just trusting yourself and being confident. Confidence is the ultimate tool. And I'm a big believer that success breeds confidence. You know, I've seen a lot of guys that act confident, but 630 when the lights come on, they can't play a lick, mm-hmm. you know. And But you know what? When you – it's like, you know, we coming off a loss – you know, one spark, you know, you get the chip on your shoulder, you get an attitude, you're, you're, you're resilient. One spark can light an entire forest on fire and it can roll for weeks, you know, and that, those are the things we talked about. And like I said, on game day, I really don't say, I don't try to get them too amped up. And, you know, we were in a game earlier this season. Um, we had come out of the gates. We had thrown three straight shutouts. We were winning 15 nothing, 13 nothing. You know, we were, I mean, it was crazy. We weren't playing more than five innings a game. And, you know, but as a coach, you know, that's not going to, you know, that we're just excited, we're pumped and talented, obviously. But we go to Centerville on a Friday night, which is always a ruckus crowd. And we feel like we're in the toughest conference in the state of Virginia year in, year out in Concord. We go to Centerville and just one thing happens that the first two innings, anything could go wrong, went wrong. And we next thing you know, we're down 7 nothing, And we just took a haymaker. And, you know, I kept telling them, we're going to get to a point where lightning's going to strike. What are we going to do when lightning strikes? You know, right. well, you, what's your plan? And lightning struck. And I remember there's the first time I was like, okay, I'm going to have to coach tonight. And I didn't need to coach. You don't coach in blowouts. You just let them go ride and do their thing. And I just remember bringing them in. I just needed to get them off the field. I mean, we were giving up the beginning. And I get them off the field. And I just brought them in and say, guys, last two times we played here, we put up 17 and 19 runs. The hitter's part. I said, we're going to win this game. This is all part of the story. Right, right now you're having a story. Right? I said, the great part of this story is going to be because we're going to come back and you know what? We're going to win this game. There's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. I said, we just need to calm down, be a little more patient, play, make the kids their strikes. You know, let's not, we're not going to get it all back at once. And sure enough, we put up 17 straight and we left there with, uh, in six innings. Oh, but we won 17, seven. And, uh, you know, and, and I tip my hat because they're a heck of a team. They were the two seed going tournament. We could face them again. And, um, you know, they, they're having a great year. But, uh, you know, and to their credit, you know, that would do a lot of teams in. They'd go, 
And, uh, you know, they came back and won some games and, you know, came back in our yard and we had another good game a couple weeks ago. So anyway, but I was real proud of our, you know, you could see all those Friday talks come into play that night. Like they, there was that trust. And, you know, I was as much fun as I've had this year because, you know, I wouldn't want to do that every night. Right. But uh, you know what, to see your team show a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, spunk and a little bit of fight. That's a pretty cool night. Yeah. So, well, they respond to that adversity for sure. Yeah, it can only help you. Mm-hmm. So, like, how, how do you, like, when it comes down to, like, wanting to, like you said, whether you talk or you maybe bring in a guest speaker, like, how do you balance that where you want to, like, when you want to hear, like, if you want to, like, your team needs to hear your message or, like, the message or, like, just, like, let's just let's just get somebody new in here. Like, how do you? You know, you just you know. know. And anytime I get somebody that's good, like, I'm, you know, uh, I've got a couple coming, you know, uh, Coach Stone, our girls' basketball coach, he's going to come in here in the next week or two and, and uh, talk. They've won back-to-back state championships, and mm. we really like what she does with her program, uh, and the kids love her. She's one of the favorite teachers in the school. Um, you know, like I said, we've got um, uh, a former Navy SEAL coming in this week, and I think, you know what, like this time of year, they don't need to hear me much. You know, it's more important to bring those outsiders in, and, uh, you know, we got to We'll have a big pre-tournament dinner Friday night. We play Saturday, and uh, one of the alumni, our parents, who's been a great, she's been tremendous. Her husband used to be our photographer. He passed away two years ago suddenly, and um, she's still a huge part of what we do. And uh, her two boys played for us. She's hosting us at her house for a big dinner um, before the tournament. And, you know, so she, you know, like she'll she'll speak that night about the importance and how much her husband loved it. And, Anyway, I think that's the balance. I think I do more of the speaking early on in the year. Um, and like I said, I, you know, my voice, you know, it's there every day. I just, like I said, what you really want is to transition. And if your best players are your leaders, and that's what I'm excited about right now, my leaders are taking over. My, you know, James and Colin and Miguel, Miggy's going to High Point, and those kids are they're taking on the reins of the team. And you know, then I've got the glue guys, you know, David Snyder and. You know, I mean, we've just got leadership. I'm there. I've never named captain. That's another thing I don't believe in. I, I, um, my captains are my seniors because I think if you've got, you know, and I've always, it's funny, players have always come back and thank me for this because I tell people the reason I do that is if you're a senior, you deserve to be a leader and you should be a leader. If you're not, that's my fault. But when you graduate, you can always say, and you go for a job or you go to, for a job interview, you could say you were captain of your high school baseball team. That gives every kid the opportunity. And so, you know, I've, I've done millions of reference calls and I've done millions of interviews for guys looking for security clearances and, you know, say, hey, you know, so he was captain of the team. Yeah, he was, you know, and, you know, so instead of just making one or two guys captain, because it doesn't matter, you know, everybody's, everybody needs the ability. If you if I got 14 seniors, I got 14 leaders. Not one of them. There's not one kid that doesn't do something from a leadership standpoint. And I, I think that's pretty special. And like you said, if they're not if they're not ready for that, then it's on you. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. You know, I tell them they don't. You know what? It sounds cliche, and you know, well, I mean, I've always said this. You'll never. You know, sometimes I'll pick up a paper, and you know, whether it's pro sports, or college, or high school, you'll see a coach rolling his players under the bus. I'm not going to ever do that. Never have. Never will. Don't believe in it. And uh, I think the players respect that. I've always said this, you know, I tell them, I told them today, you you guys win games, I lose. We lose a game because I didn't prepare it properly. And uh, 
you know, everyone's talked about all the wins and, you know, over the year and, and, you know, passing coach Tugwell to be the winningest coach and all this stuff. They had a ceremony. I, I tell them, I don't know how many wins they got, but I can tell you, I got 138 losses because I remember <laughs> every one of them. <laughs> so, the losses stick with you for a long time. Yeah. It's one of like, if you, you hate losing more than you like winning. Oh, uh, you know what? If you're not careful, and this is what I tell you, you know, I had to learn this, you know, winning can become the bridge to misery. And, yeah. uh, you know, and you got to be careful with that. And, you know, what I think with what you get with age comes perspective. And mm-hmm. I think I've got that. And, you know, I've got three kids of my own. And I think that having kids makes you a better coach, too, for sure. Give me that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, great, great, great. Coach, appreciate it, man. This has been awesome. Um, Thanks dude, for having me. Dude, so – I just, you know, coming from, because it just seems like, you know, I know you talked about, you said uh, the coach that you learned from, you know, was about the mental game, you know, and how great they were at, you know, getting them to believe what you were doing. That's much X's and O's. So it, it honestly sounds like you took a lot from him, you know, like you'd being able to get these guys in the right frame of mind, um, you know, uh, is that, do you feel like that is your biggest trade? Would you, would, would that be even some advice for people to say like, we need to invest more time and, and create more, more time into the mental game? 100%. I think, you know, well, how many times you've heard baseball is 90% mental, right? Yeah. Well, how many yeah, people really practice that? How many people put time in that? And the more I've been in it, talk about simplifying, you know, confidence, that's part of it. I mean, it, confidence is such a big baseball is such a hard game because of the grind and you know day in day out and hitting a baseball come on 90 miles an hour 85 miles an hour coming at you come on and um you know just to be able to you know there's so many great qualities that prepare you for life i i really you know i don't want to over over preach it but it does life in baseball i have a lot down and uh you know i think that's huge and like I said, I would say, you know, from a strength standpoint, I think that my players would tell you probably, you know, motivating and motivation is probably the key for me. Like I, I surround myself. The other thing is I surround myself with tremendous people. Um, you know, one of those guys, you know, a lot of these guys want it. There's two ways to coach. There's coaching to win and, and succeed, and then there's coaching to show people how much you know. And I think young coaches do a lot of that. I yeah. think, yeah, you know, I think we've all been a victim of that. I probably did it myself when I was younger. And, you know, you feel like when you got to prove yourself, you want to show, you know, and not anymore, you know, I, matter of fact, I want to go the other way. I want to simplify it, dumb it down and make it, eat a baseball, keeping it as easy as possible, you know, slowing the game down. We talk about that all the time, you know, make 95 look like 88, you know, make 88 look like 80. You know, um, I just, you know, I was just had breakfast with a young man who played a, um, he was a prospect. He's playing in a prospect league now. He just had a really rough senior season. Uh, I won't mention his name at a really good D1 school. And, you know, he just needed somebody to believe in him. And, uh, you know, um, so a friend of mine reached out to me and his parents reached out and didn't play for me in Madison. But uh, I just liked the kid. He played in the college league that I started last year. And I really got to know him. And, you know what, um, it's funny because uh, I asked him two questions. What, what you know, How's your mom handle it? How's she handle it? You know, you've hit rock bottom. How's your mom? He goes, you know what, coach? She got my back. To, you know, she just, she's, oh, man, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. I started changing all my mechanics and 
I was throwing 95, now I'm throwing 91. And, and I said, you know, um, I said, well, okay, well, what's your dad tell you? Because my dad just tells me he loves me. And he just tells me that uh, he doesn't care if I play another day of baseball. I said, which one do you like better? He said, I like it when my dad just tells me he loves me because he goes, I said, but your mom's your mom. That's why she's always going to do that. She, you know, he goes, I know. He goes, I'm already frustrated and I just, you know, sometimes you don't want to hear all that. But anyway, he turned around. He's thrown a couple outings at, uh, in a, a pro scout league uh, before the draft. And, you know, he's throwing 95 again. And like I said, I think he just found a little bit of perspective. And I think that sometimes the mental side, you know, it's not all about mechanics. It's about the mental side and how you approach the game, how you approach life. And, uh, you know, rise of China, rise and wine. There's two options. That's right. And I think it's easy to fall in the rise and wine. So, uh, you know, I'm real proud of that young man. He, you know, we, we've had some wonderful texts over the past couple of weeks. I wish him nothing but the best. And, you know, he's still going to have – he's going to have some adversity. But that's what I tell my kids. You know, my players, you're going to have adversity. Man. And I think that's important. And I, I do think, like I said, my staff, you know, Justin Counts, TJ – these guys all played for me. TJ Ertzum, they all went and played college baseball. And, uh, you know, I don't want to surround myself with yes guys. I want guys that, you know, challenge me as a head coach. And, you know, I went – when I cut them loose in practice with their position guys, you know, they're the best of the best. So, you know, I think a lot of guys surround themselves with guys that they don't, you know, they want to be the smartest guy in the room. And anybody who knows me knows I'm far from the smartest guy in the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just get me in a room that I can just be the dumbest guy and I can just sit out in the corner and just maybe ask a couple questions and write it fake down. It, fake it till you make it. That's it, baby. <laughs> That's it. I've been doing that since with this podcast since we've been in quarantine. I'm like, oh, that's – Love to just talk to baseball, man. Like, I'll tell you what, man. I've heard nothing but great things, and what you're doing is awesome. It's phenomenal, man. I appreciate it. You've had man. some great people on here. Yeah, I've been fortunate to just, you know, like I know, I know you know Jimmy really well, and Jimmy's just a good friend of mine. We've been friends for a long time, and Jimmy it. Jackson's the best of the best, man. Yeah. I heard you have Matt Itner on here too. I did Matt Itner, and just I got to meet him this year, and we've uh, we we've been in touch since November, and just phenomenal guy so then through matt yeah it um tom marker from ohio of course tim saunders oh. you know tim saunders tim's yeah tim i mean yeah. hall of famer there with the, yeah he runs Joel, our national high school association yep you know and i i remember t- so i spoke at the convention and in nashville uh i think it was oh that's my town 16 um i forget but yeah that's when i met tim and you know we i talk about usa baseball and uh, just different stuff like that. And yeah, I just I never forgot that conversation. Like I never forgot, you know, just watching you and, um, you know, you just remember different, different experience. I'm like, man, I got to talk to, I was like, I got to talk to Pudge if I get a chance. So um, I'm, I just really appreciate you taking some time here, especially with you preparing. Like I know you're preparing uh, like crazy, man. So I, I just, you know, it's funny. I appreciate that. Like I said, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, Scottsdale, this, uh, this, it was going to be a lot of fun. We get to go back and at the national conference together, and uh, you know I, it's going to be a great weekend. We, and we we missed each other last year, and we're all best friends. Yeah. The national high school. Anybody that's not part of the National High School Baseball Coach Association is crazy. I mean, the ABCA is great, but that's really college based. But these guys, it's, I'm we're always amazed that these younger guys don't get out to the national. You've been there, man. It's yep. you know it, you know we, we might have three, four, five hundred coaches show up to the national conference, but 
it's all the guys that you're reading about, you know, and I've made just great friends. This game has introduced me to so many wonderful people, but you know, you got to get, uh, you know, you got to get a couple guys. You got to get my friend Roland Wright from Western Branch on. You'd love him. He's oh yeah, great. man. I would love it. I would love it. I would just, it's just, and, oh, uh, you know, yeah. Joe Tom Sato, you know, Joe Wright. Stone and oh yeah, man. I actually, yeah. Utah. Yeah, I was uh, actually, he invited me years ago to go out to the Utah Coaches Clinic. Actually, I couldn't make it, but I sent my assistant, Andrew Baird, and he loved it, man. The Utah guys do it right. But, uh, yeah, my buddy Thompson Sherwood just won another uh, Florida State title, and he's at Stoneman Douglas where they had the, the school shooting a few years back. And oh, you know what? You need to get him on. He'd be Let's great. You know, and if you ever need, you know, you need his number, man, he would do this in a heartbeat. You'd love him. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys I mean, but, like, it was just like we were texting, man. Like, I think that's just – that's where we're on the same page, you know, like it's a matter of like what baseball can do for us and what it does for our kids. And like, we're teaching lessons beyond the game of baseball and we're growing the game, you know, to make it even better, but just to, just to show that this, what our game can do beyond playing the game. Well, I'll leave you with this. I got a great story and I, you know, I know you got to go, I can sit here and talk all night, but you know, one of my, it's become a tradition. I don't know how it became a tradition, but you know, anybody knows me knows, I, you know, I like karaoke. I'm big. I've been doing it for since 1994, I think. And somehow along the way, it became tradition. You know, I, I've been blessed to be invited to a lot of my former players' weddings. And um, I think that's one of the greatest, you know, honors. Or, you know, even when, you know, I just player calls. And, you know, I remember, you know, one of, their, one of my guys called his dad had passed away. And you play such a role. You know, you're just not – you're a coach for life. You're, I'm in it for life. And – but uh, so anyway, you know, now the thing is, I sing Purple Rain at uh, former players' weddings. I don't know how that became a tradition, but, but this is pretty cool. So about uh, two weeks ago, my assistant coach, T.J. Ertson, he graduated in 2010, helped lead us to a conference championship and a regional uh, semifinal berth. And uh, T.J. and Allie, uh, they asked me if I would uh, officiate their wedding on July 10th. Oh, I'm going to be actually marrying my first Warhawk. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, yep. so you want to talk about great honors, man. I, I tell you, I've been, I was really touched by that. And uh, yeah. we're going to have a good time with it. So I'm going to have to come up with a new song. I might have to give them something better than Purple Rain. <laughs> Do like White Wedding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, anyway, man, I, like I said, Trey, man, you're the best. I look forward to it. One of the coolest things that I do, you know, obviously I have my MVP Baseball Academy. Um here in right here in uh in Herndon where I live and uh you know I, I'm blessed to be around not just Madison high school kids but kids from all over northern Virginia and you know I'm at the point in my career where if I can help any kid I want to help and uh but you know what we started this thing in 2013 called MVP International and it's by far the coolest thing I did and I you know COVID didn't take us down it tried but uh we, we send teams not just baseball but softball basketball ice hockey all over the world to play and so you know, we've sent uh, gosh, probably over 100 teams already to go, and uh, we're back. I'm going to be in Hawaii this summer with a few teams. Uh, we're taking a cruise, a collegiate team on a cruise in August to play uh, against Caribbean college players. And like I said, uh, we look forward to getting people back out there in 2022 to see the world, and uh, it's really cool. I might have to take you on one of those trips with me. Yeah. Do something. So, you know, I've been all over Europe. You'd be amazed at how big. Europe baseball is in Europe and you know what we were doing some cool stuff with major league baseball and like trying to bring the game along overseas so it's you know obviously Latin America is rolling but right. you'd be amazed at how big baseball is over in Europe so can't wait to get back on the road now that COVID's gone and like I said uh you can go to you know 
just check out Google MVP International Athletics, man. We'd love to take you on a trip. We've got 12 regions around the country now, so we're not just doing it out of Virginia. We're doing it from all over the country, and we're pumped about it. So, you know. Wow. So do you, do you guys just like, is it just a go for just an event? Do you do like a, a, is it like a summer circuit? No, we go over what we do is we'll prepare, we'll train teams, all our teams. Like, gosh, we sent three ice hockey teams in 2019. We, we sent on, gosh, I think 30 teams overseas. We've had teams prepare for the world games, world international junior games. Uh, You know, we've done a ton, ton of sports and, uh, you know, field hockey, lacrosse, uh, you know, we're, we're actually sending it. We've already got a pickle group, pickleball group lined up. Coach Tugwell's taking a pickleball group <laughs> to Costa Rica. So oh, wow. anyway, it's really cool. We got college coaches now taking teams, high school coaches, and like I said, uh, you know, what we what, over COVID instead of sitting around and pouting about it, we worked on expanding our company. So uh, you know what we're expecting to send over fifty to six between fifty and sixty teams uh, in the summer of twenty two. So uh, we're on our way already. We're pretty pumped. So uh, maybe I'll get you over there and. Uh, yeah, Thank yeah. You. We Definitely keep podcast me in- from from Italy or something. That's it. There you go. Coach Pudge Gorman just diving into all kinds of wisdom. Just wisdom. From his phases that continue to just I love that. Like I said, I've had background there. I've heard it, him speak at the at the BCA clinic. And it rings true today. Loving the segment and Gives you focus for what it is. Let's guys see that. I think you're just preparing your kids to one step at a time, right? To to that's if that's what you're preaching. Like, well, what does that look like? And that's how he's able to keep the game small, one step at a time. Here's the first phase. We're gonna do this. Then we're gonna go on to this. Keeps it small, um, you know. And you also love like he has the football background, but knows that he can't have a football mentality playing baseball. So many times you hear these guys, rah, rah, you know, getting these guys up and down. It's a roller coaster, and that's where I was. I know I made a lot of mistakes younger, just being so emotional, and you're riding those highs of emotion, and or you need to find that consistency. And like he's talking about, just being playing at a certain level, where you're not getting up too high, not getting too low, and you kind of stay at that at certain level. Where he knows, he said in the podcast, like if you get, if we're down here, we know we're gonna get beat. You know, we got we got to play at a certain level. We can't get too high. You can't tr- over try. You can't try too hard. This thing in baseball, you just can't try hard. Um, if you, you that would it just it becomes counterproductive and. And uh, so I just I really like that you can tell a good coach he's aware of very aware of that, and um, you know just being a, a true people person, you know he can tell he's a mover of men, a leader of men, mo- master of the mental game, the mind, competitor, to be able to get everything out of his guys, you know the little bit of gamesmanship too like early in his career, uh, like I said he wouldn't do it now those are things. And um, that little gamesmanship, oh, here's what the coach just said, and it gets the guys up, and, you know, to be able to take his guys and hear them during the game, you know, this is our story. Uh, lovely talk about saying, too, like, I've been there before, but I haven't taken this team there, you know, allows that allows to own each year and make importance of each year. Uh, it's, it's easy to take, get the, get, to get thank the splash one year, but it's very... Tough to always have that target and continue to stay up and stay at the top, be consistent, and that's what Coach Gorman's shown he can do. And uh, he's a true legend, and 
can't thank him enough. And like I said, he's got a lot of time left. He's got, still got the commitment, still got the fire, the passion. He's going to roll. He's going to continue to roll for years. And that's uh, awesome. It's awesome to see. So, Coach Gorman, I can't thank you enough, man. Appreciate all the time. Appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, if you're not following him, you can follow him on Twitter. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. And, um, you know, James Madison High School. But if you look at Twitter, it's at Coach Pudge 8. At Coach Pudge 8. But again, Madison Warhawk baseball.com check more out of him check that website out follow them um just absolute dudes coming out of there all the time so till next week where we keep on trying to grow the game just as coach gorman talked about and just how we're you know using the game to help grow men uh they, they teach life lessons to on and off the field and i love his leadership with that every friday bringing somebody in talking to him so it's bigger than the game. You know, those guys get tremendous value at a program like that. And um, just that's where it's at. So can't thank Coach Gorman enough. Thank you for his leadership. You know, and uh, until next week, keep getting better.